come back in for episode number six of Sideline to Sideline. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jason Daly. I'm joined, of course, by the best pair in podcasting, Travis Wells. Rav, it's good to be here with you today. Right back at you. Um, quick tidbit for you. Do you know DeMar DeRozan's three-point playoff percentage? Let me take a guess. Three-point playoff percentage, 46.7. You got the 6.7, right? <laughs> no way. What is it? It's 6.7%. Oh, it's 6.7. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, my God, yes. That's a, that's miserable. I feel like, um, you know, I feel like Rudy Gobert would probably have a higher percentage than that. It said it's um, less points per shot than Andre Drummond averages at the free throw line. <laughs> That's pretty bad. <laughs> All right, well, let's jump right in. In the tip-off this week, we're leading off with Mason Plumley's big deal. Mason just signed a three-year, $41 million deal with the Denver Nuggets, Rav. And what this uh, what this might mean a little bit here, let's just put this in perspective a little bit, and uh, I want to get your thoughts on this. So his, here are some guys who are comparable, uh, if you will, to Mason Plumley. So Mason Plumley's deal is three years, $41 million. He's up there with guys like Kelly Olenek, who has a four-year, $48 million deal. Cristiano Felicio, so hard not to say Felicio there, four years, $32 million. And then there's Alan Williams, three years, $17 million. So um, you, you could say, you could make a case both ways on both sides of the table that Plumley got overpaid and then you could also maybe make the argument that he didn't get overpaid but here's what I've got to say about it right off the bat here so what what they're looking at in Denver is they're you know this is just a potential breakdown for front court minutes so here's what all they've got going on Nikola Jokic probably 30 minutes a game Paul Millsap 30-plus minutes a game. Mason Plumley, 20-plus minutes a game. Juancho Hernan Gomez and Wilson Chandler, 11 minutes total a game. And that even that doesn't even include Fareed and Trey Lyles. So think about that. They've got Nikola Jokic, Paul Millsap, Mason Plumley locked up long-term now, Juancho Hernan Gomez, who's a prospect for them, Wilson Chandler, who can still play, Kenneth Reed, who can play, but they apparently don't like him. And then they just traded for Trey Lyles, uh, who who is a stretch four. So I'm just kind of at a loss here. I don't I don't really understand what all was going on with this trade. I guess, and uh, it seems to me, in my opinion, that they overpaid a little bit, especially when they weren't. I don't think you could anticipate any real pressure in the in this coming off season that there's going to be a huge market for Mason Plumley. So what are your thoughts? Um, I, I think that they're going to move Chandler and Fareed at some point. Um, and then with, with Wancho and Trey Lyles, you got, you got two prospects, like you said, that one of them will fill that fourth big man spot and the other one will probably toil in obscurity until somebody gets hurt. I don't understand the signing from the perspective of the NBA is moving away from large, multiple large tall dudes mm-hmm. in, in the same uh, front court at the same time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you can get by with Millsap and Nikola because of the way they both pass, the way they both can face up and shoot. Plumlee's really just going to rebound and play defense. And, you know, the the funny part to me is is – they, you know, in this article, they put up his per 36 stats, which I know last night I was Googling about per 36 stats on the new 2K game, and I thought it was cool. But mm-hmm. at some point, I think you gotta, we got to quit looking at these because they're like his per 36 was 14 and 10, but Nikola Jokic averaged 16 and 9 every game. 
So it's like he's not as if he, yeah. if he plays 36 minutes, he's not as good as Nikola Jokic. There's no there's no question, right? So why are we looking at these numbers? Like, mm-hmm. what's Nikola Jokic's per 36? Like, if we're going to look at these numbers, we'll do them across the board. But um, in the quote after they signed him, they said he's a hard worker who sets good screens and is a fine defender. So that's worth 41 million now. Exactly. I mean. Maybe my maybe my perception of where the where the league is at now, as far as having to pay guys, is skewed. But I mean, that's like you said, that's a lot of money to pay a guy who who's they say his his major his NBA skill is setting good screens and being a fine defender. Which if fine, if Denver has the same standard of fine as you do, that means it's not very good. So. Yeah, you know, I just, I you know, I don't know. I, I just, it's hard for me to 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 believe that that's where we're at now. Is that we're paying a guy like Mason Plumley, you know, fifteen, you know, fourteen, fifteen million dollars a year, whatever. Like, I just, I, I don't know. I mean, um, I mean, I guess the one thing that you could say is if, you know, if Jokic goes down, then he can step in and. And, and play that position, but he's not yeah. going to play that position. The, he's not going to play that position the same way Jokic does. Jokic, you know, Jokic can shoot it a little bit. I think Plumlee's an okay passer. He's not as good of a passer as Jokic. Um, man, it just seems like they overpaid this dude. I feel like they've really jumped the gun on this. Um, <laughs> I feel like they paid. They maybe maybe in the summer they do have to pay this guy this kind of money, but he's a restricted Wait. free agent. Why not just why not just make him eat a qualifying offer, and then if somebody makes him an off, you know, sends him an offer sheet in eighteen, then pay him then. Like, I don't know. It seems like bad business, but you know, we're only we're only virtual GMs, so what do we know? Yeah, and uh, Jokic is the best passing big man in the league. Him and Demarcus, they are incredible passers with their vision. Uh, Marshall. Sorry, Mason Plumley can't hold his jock. Uh, and in, in in my defense, or I guess in his defense, um, I don't like any of the Plumleys. But I think it's ridiculous that just I mean he's tall and he can get rebounds. Why I don't understand why that makes you forty million dollars richer. At least have some sort of a tangible skill set that's going to make you useful in the league. Like again, sitting picks and being an okay defender like that to me that's not. This kid for he can get rebounds. I don't know. I just think it's a complete waste. You can't tell me there's not a guy in the G League today that you couldn't go and sign that has the same skills. If it's setting screens, being a fine defender and a decent passer, you can't. You're not going to convince me there's not a dude in the G League right now that can't do the same things for the, for the league minimum. You, you won't convince me of that. But like I said, we're just we're we're just virtual GMs. So what what do we know? This weekend around the association, we're going to lead off by getting an update on our boy Kyrie Irving. Rav, uh, Kyrie had a uh, first take interview with Max Kellerman and Stephen <laughs> A. Smith. And uh, Kyrie, to his credit, did uh, about a 90-minute interview or discussion with with those guys. And, of course, you know, he took a lot of questions about the trade and his request and how he dealt with LeBron and and so on. So um, I'm going to talk about a couple of things here, and we'll just kind of discuss what we think about this. Um, So they asked, they asked him about did he or did he not discuss his trade request with request with LeBron before taking it to the Cleveland management and he answered basically why would he have to do that <laughs> and uh, so going on um he he made a comment um they asked him about leaving money on the table in Cleveland by asking for a trade and his comment was that you cannot put a price on happiness. And just 
the final little the final little snippet here that I'm going to pull out and then I'm going to hand it over to you is uh, Irving Irving said in a in a segment after a question they asked him he says I'm ready to move on I'm ready to be on my own I'm ready to try out a new situation I'm ready to be in an environment where I feel like I can be happy and my intent is the same it always will be the same to be around people and to interact with them I love doing that. To do that through basketball, that's even better. But to be happy every single day I come into work and perfecting my craft, I can't wait to get the next season started. So what are your what are your thoughts on this? Man, I can really relate to Kyrie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, my first thought is, um, you know, I'm not a huge Kyrie fan. As you know, I've talked about how he doesn't play defense and um, he's really just a, he's an exceptional scorer with exceptional handles. Um, I'm not sure that he's the next level all-star that some people think he is, but that's beside the point. But this is the most I've ever liked him at any point in time. Like, he went to the interview, he answered the questions. When he got dumb questions, he answered them like they were stupid. He talked to them like they were dumb when they were being dumb. When they were being pushy, he pushed back. He did all the things that you want uh, people to do in the interview, um, he, he was almost like he was um, – it was like he's focused for the interview, like he is for a game. You know what I mean? Yes. Like yeah. when you watch him, he's like I the main tree in Canada. He's a locked in. Yes, and, I did get that vibe as well. And it was awesome. Uh, I Did Did you notice his, his right eye is like lazier than his left eye? It was very, very strange to me. I kept distracting him. I, I did. I, I did notice that. It's no wonder he can't pass. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you can't see on that side of the court. Um, but, no, like, <laughs> going back to what he said, you know, did you talk to LeBron? And he said, you know, why would I have to do that? And they were like, you know, then Stephen A was like, you know, when you don't tell somebody like that, you know, they, they, their feelings can be hurt. They feel like you don't care. And he's like, I don't. And, and like, exa- I mean, I get it. Does he, did he go tell Channing Frye or Richard Jefferson? Did he go tell Shump? Or, you know, whoever else is on the team, because they'll bogey it. Like, why is it only about LeBron? And that's to his point. Like, he Kyrie's tired of people talking to him about LeBron. He did this interview. Basically, like, this is my interview. Let's talk about it all over done. And that's his aim. I'm not sure that he'll get that because it's media. But he had the right intentions going into this. It, it was fantastic. I loved every second of it. I'll never watch that show again. But I did love every second of it. <laughs> Agree. Uh, I I think that I am on Kyrie's side in this. Uh, oh, yeah. I don't think that he – I mean, I don't think that he owed LeBron to tell him. I mean, LeBron's not the GM. Exactly. LeBron's not the LeBron's not the president. He's not the vice president. He's a player on the team. Yeah, he's the best player on that team, maybe the best player in the world. But that doesn't – you know, his he's getting a paycheck as a player, not as – management for that team so exactly you know um if you decided tomorrow you were going to go take a job you're not going to go tell you know the softball coach yeah i think i'm i'm thinking about taking this job what do you think you're going to go you're going to go <laughs> tell your bosses that hey i'm i'm considering this job this is what they offer me you know whatever i want out that that's how the real world works i mean i think Part of it, too, is <clears throat> I think it's clear that he didn't enjoy being in an environment with LeBron. And along those lines, I think that there are certain superstars who are difficult to play with. And I even think Michael Jordan, to an extent, was difficult to play with. And I think LeBron might be that guy. I think Kobe was that guy. I think they yeah. just rub some guys the wrong way. <clears throat> you know, they rub some guys the wrong way. Some guys can't play with them. Um you know, and that's probably every player, but but I remember reading a story about Michael. I, um, I think it's when he was he was with the Wizards, <clears throat> you know, after he came back out of retirement. Um, but there was a there was a Washington Post writer who followed him around for a season, and I'll have to censor this a little bit, but essentially. He was in the locker room after a game, maybe a practice, and he he wrote a blurb about how, you know, Michael was, you know, obviously 
you know, one of the best, the best players to ever play the game, and he had this kind of aura about him and everything, and he demanded perfection and this and that, but that he was a terrible teammate sometimes, that he was hard on guys, he was he was scathing. He would come in the locker room and just call you names, and he would 100% mean it. You know, he would say, you know, you're you're a worthless piece of shit, and he meant it. And, if you know, he – and that it was just – you know, a drain on certain guys. It could be a drain on the team. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, is LeBron that guy? I don't know, but could he be that Could he be that guy? Sure. Did people, you know, do, do people, did people know things about Michael Jordan then as Michael Jordan that they know now? Probably not. In 10 years, 15 years, will somebody write a book about LeBron and say that he was calling guys, you know, that accusing guys of being gay in the locker room? You know, maybe. And so I think maybe LeBron's difficult to play with. Um, I think you got to have a certain type of personality for it, and some guys don't. And I, it seems like Kyrie was fed up with it, and he wanted to do his own thing, and he's a young guy, and, you know. Yeah, why not? Why, why, have to, yeah, why not? Why, why stick around for that and subject himself to it? So. Yeah, you can um, you can remove the Michael Jordan might have been hard to play for. He punched Steve Kerr in the face during practice once. Like, <laughs> exactly. Like, so he's like, it's just how he is. But you're yeah, to your point though. You're absolutely right. There's some guys that for whatever reason, and a lot of these guys they're at this level because they're perfectionists and they they care so much. So, I mean, like you got like Rick Barry. Rick Barry was hard to play with because he was. I mean, he's a perfectionist, and he would berate his teammates because they didn't put in the same effort he did. He didn't feel like they were as committed as he was. And, again, that's what makes them great, but it's also what makes them difficult to play with. And, you know, now now the way the league is set up, the players actually are, are in a place where they can, you know, force their way out or move around a little bit. This isn't like, you know, the 80s or 70s where you were stuck with the team. Um, now with so much – he put so much, uh, you know, pressure on them through the media and through back channels that they have to get rid of you, um, which is, you know, I think maybe you'll see more stuff like this um, popping up. Brad, the next topic I wanted to talk about was uh, was our boy uh, Luka Doncic. I think I'm saying his name correctly. I'm not real sure. Yeah, um, no idea. <clears throat> but he he is the six foot seven Slovenian uh, basketball player who might possibly be the number one pick in the 2018 draft. Um, I guess this was uh, pretty recently, maybe over the. It was like over the past weekend, uh, not this last weekend, maybe the one before. Mm-hmm. But Slovenia was playing. Latvia in the Eurobasket quarterfinals, and they had a matchup between Kristaps Porzingis and Goran Dragic, and then our boy Luka Doncic. <clears throat> so Luka Doncic, a lot of people are heralding him as, you know, a next uh, kind of a, a generational talent in the upcoming NBA draft. People are saying that we've never seen a prospect like Luka Doncic. People are saying that he might be the best European prospect ever in the NBA draft. So on this particular night in the quarterfinal, Slovenia against Latvia, Luka dropped 27 points, 9 rebounds, 1 assist, shot 50% from the field, and went 4 of 11 from 3-point. Mm-hmm. Uh his his highlight film is is ridiculous. Um, he's he's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. So um, people are saying that it's time to time to buy low on Luka Doncic as as maybe maybe kind of the next coming. So what what are your thoughts on on our guy Luka? Um, they just won actually Euro Basket Final uh, last last weekend. Um, they beat Serbia by seven. So um now he's a European champion. So he's pretty much done everything to do over there. But um I think he's by he's better than the other guys in the draft. Michael Porter is you know, super duper athletic and, and to me it's it's him 
it's Michael Porter Jr. or Donick if I'm if I'm taking the first pick. But I like I like Luca a lot. I would tank for Luca <laughs> going back to last week. Um, I don't to say that we've never seen a prospect like him. I think that's only because he's, he's European. Um, a lot of these European guys get. Mm-hmm. We talked about it before how like. You know, if you're a European guy and you're a shooter, all of a sudden you're Perk on Corkamas. But if you're a white guy from America and you're a shooter, you're Luke Nard. But this guy can do a little bit of everything. Like when the shot's not falling, he can, uh, he can beat you with, with everything else, with his passing, with his playmaking, with his ability to uh, – he's not a lockdown defender, but he can guard on ball pretty well. Uh, he um, In that game against Chris Stapps on back-to-back possessions, he beat Chris Stapps off the dribble – uh, gets to the rim and lays it in, and in the very next possession, he's a step back three in his face. So he's he taken an established NBA guy off the dribble, hitting step backs on him. Those are all advanced moves for guys still teenagers. So, um, you know, to me, I think he's the number one pick because he's doing this at a high level on the European stage. Most guys his age aren't getting minutes like this for their national teams or their club teams, and he is. So I think that says a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you look at kind of what Bagley and uh, Michael Porter Jr. are going to be doing, you know, Ben Simmons and Bolt, they kind of coasted through their college season. There wasn't really anybody pushing them to be the number one pick. Michael Porter Jr. is in a similar situation. He's playing for a god-awful team at Missouri. They don't have anybody on that roster except for him. Everybody and their mother is going to load up on him. The rest are going to play it. I mean, they're going to double on every chance they get. Like, I just – He's not going to be able to put up a production in a way that's going to make him rival this guy. This guy is way more polished than him in, in more areas. What he lacks athletically, if you watch him on film, he's not quickest laterally. He's not the quickest up and down the court, but he's, his IQ is so high. He puts himself in the right angles to get him to get him assists or to get him buckets. And at this age, you don't really see that. That's you know it's a it's a it's a veteran savvy that he kind of has that you, which you get from playing with a guy like Garan Dragic. If you watch Dragic play, which I know you have, the way he kind of snakes his way in the lane, he'll find people in the corner. He does very similar things. So I love the guy. I do too. I like I like Luca's game a lot, and um, I, I'm really looking forward to, to seeing him in the NBA. And I think that he reminds me of somebody, but I can't place who it is right now. Um, I'll have to do some research. Maybe I can come up with that later. But, uh, so the game really reminds me of somebody, but I just I just can't think of it off the top of my off the top of my head. But uh, I do like his, like his game a lot, and uh, and I, I can't wait to see who tries to tank this year to to, to draft him, <laughs> which um, is going to be interesting considering uh, you know this might be the last uh, chance that teams have at uh, at tanking. Um, yeah. They put the new com- competition rules into effect. So, uh, but anyway, uh, so the last topic in around the association this week, Rav, is we're going to look at a few potential dark horse rookie of the year candidates, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna preface this with the fact that you know yes we know that there are a lot of high end guys who have a way better chance, and probably the rookie <laughs> of the year will come out of will come out of the group of, uh, you know, Fultz, Dennis Smith, uh, Jonathan Isaac, um, Josh ben Jackson, Simmons. you know, guys like Ben Simmons, guys like that. We we understand that, but maybe even Lonzo Ball. I hope not. But but we're going to look at the guys who may <laughs> – we're going to look at the guys who might possibly have a good chance at it by way of bigger opportunities than th- those guys. So – here are three guys on the list here. Uh, the first guy is Frank Natilakina. So, <laughs> uh, the whatever the the point guard that is French that the Knicks just drafted over Malik Monk. Um, the Ringer the Ringer nicknames the Ringer nicknamed him Frankie Nicotine, which I love. So I'm gonna call him <laughs> I'm gonna call him Frankie Nicotine. So Frankie Nicotine. Uh, he uh, he's obviously a point guard. Uh, that's what position he was drafted as. But in currently in New York, he may not have the ball in his hands a whole lot, or at least yeah, not exactly. that many touches because they that, because they do have Carmelo. 
They have Tim Hardaway, who loves to get up shots like it's in practice. <laughs> loves and to get paid. And loves to get paid. Um, so then you got Frankie Nicotine. And, you know, the kind of the rap on Frankie Nicotine is people don't know 100% if he's truly a point guard. You know, he's six foot five. They, they say his handle's a little bit loose. Um, they say that he has potential to be a really good in the pick and roll game. Um, and they they say that he they say he has pretty good decision making, um, but uh, you know he's kind of you know I think part of the reason why he's a dark horse is that people just don't know a lot about him. Um, yeah. For him to be a lottery pick, you know he for him to be a lottery pick he's you know he's a guy that he, maybe people know the least about. So, uh, what are your thoughts on Frankie Nicotine, possible dark um, horse rookie of the year? I think he's a uh... How do you put this? I think he is a bright dark horse, meaning um, I think he's a sexy pick to pick as your dark horse. I don't think he has a shot at it, though. Like you said, with Melo in, in the in the unicorn for Zingas there, where is he getting his shots up? Uh, Tim Hardaway is going to shoot it every time he touches it because he's Tim Hardaway Jr. And they're running the triangle, which isn't conducive mm-hmm. for him to put up the stats he needs to. He's like, name a good point guard in the triangle. Steve Kerr, Derek Fisher, like those guys aren't winning anything anytime soon. So right. uh, while he's good defensively, I think it's hard to say he's not good defensively. He's so big, his wingspan's so big. He has all the physical tools to be good defensively. Um, I don't see the offensive end being at a high enough level for him to win. It's just hard to imagine, honestly. And then <laughs> you, you were bordering on saying he's a combo guard. And as I always say, if you're a combo guard, it means you're neither, and you don't have it. You, it means you're bad at both. Um, people like to say that Donovan Mitchell is a combo guard, but he's not. He is a scoring two guard. That's what he is. That's why he's good. Combo guards aren't good. Name who's the best point guard you've ever seen. Sorry, the best combo guard you've ever seen. Uh, the only person I can think of is George Hill. Yeah, yeah. Or Rodney Stuckey. Maybe. Yeah. I just I, Young anyway, Stucky. Yeah, I just don't I just don't see it happening. But that doesn't mean he's not gonna have a good year. I just don't think he's gonna I think he's gonna be so far behind some of these other guys that they're gonna be so flashy on offense it's gonna be harder to to stay up there. Yeah. I think he might be in the I think he could possibly be in the conversation based on volume alone. Um because okay. I literally don't. I literally don't know what other point guard they have on the roster. Like maybe Ron Baker. Like, is there a Holiday still there? But he's not a point guard. Like, I don't know who they else have. I don't know. So, is there a Calder on there? I think he's gonna. Who? Is there a Calder on there? I really don't know. <laughs> maybe I think they got rid of Pablo Prigioni uh, a while <laughs> back. So was he in a, in a casket? He was like eighty-five. <laughs> he's in a box. Uh, the next guy on this one, next list is uh, Jared Allen. Love you, Jared. Uh, Love you. Uh, Jared was the number 22 overall pick in this past year's draft. Another guy that I think might be in the conversation, he is a talented guy like Frank Nic- Frankie Nicotine. He's a talented guy, Jared is, but I think he might have a good opportunity in front of him because the guys that he, are, he is competing with for minutes are – Timothy Mozgov and Tyler Zeller. So anytime you got a Zeller that you're competing against, you're in pretty good, you know, you got a pretty good chance on that one. And, you know, Mozgov is, uh, you know, Mozgov is he's 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 a he's decent Mozgov. player, um, and I he's but he's Mozgov, yeah. He's you know they drafted Allen to be the center of the future. Um, they want him to be a rim protector, you know, a guy who pick and roll, you know, catching lobs, diving to the basket, this sort of thing. And they hope maybe one day they can develop a jump shot on the guy, um, which apparently he has a soft touch. So, you know, what I kind of envision is him being the backup center and, you know, possibly even eventually as as the season progresses being the starter. And um, if he develops any kind of jump shot, I think that he could be the dark horse candidate for rookie of the year. But uh, what are your what are your thoughts on Jared Allen? 
Yeah, I think he's an injury away from getting enough minutes to put him up there. Um, uh, Moscow actually played really well in the Eurobasket uh, tournament. He, uh, I think the last game he had like 14 and 9. He was catching lobs, and, which makes me excited to see what he does with Jeremy, uh, Jeremy Lin and, and uh, D'Angelo Russell this season in the pick and roll. But anyway, uh, and that lends itself also to Jared Allen. That dude, is, that dude can fly. Uh, but I wonder if it's a similar situation to what we saw with Miles Turner when he came out of Texas and he goes to Indiana and all of a sudden he has a little bit of a jump shot and he's a rim protector and everybody questioned his motor and his drive. And now Miles Turner is your prototypical big guy. Um, I think there's some similarities there. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that I think that Alan's a little bit more mature than guys his age. If you look at some of the stuff he's been doing in the community with. Uh, He's doing a, um, a haircut for, like, your first day of school thing, and he's getting involved in the community, which a lot of rookies don't do. So that makes me feel comfortable that he could at least handle the stage um, and, and the pressure that would come with, you know, being 20 years old and starting in the NBA. Um, you know, you're, if you're the Nets, I think at some point he does start. But, you know, at a certain point, you're not going to play. You uh, you might go to playoffs. That's a different conversation. Uh, I really like the roster, but... <laughs> <clears throat> you know, at a certain point, what do you have to lose? You might as well start him. Um, but, yeah, I think they'll, they'll work him in slowly. And, you know, if he gets the minutes, he'll have a chance. I think he'll that he, the idea that he could be second or third team all-rookie, all I think that's very plausible. If he gets the minutes, he could he could work his way up there to rookie of the year, just even in the top five maybe. I think it's plausible. Sure. I would agree with that. And then the last guy on this list is your boy, Bogdan you Bogdanovich, from the Sacramento Kings. And the interesting thing about Bogdan is that, um, you know, not a whole lot of thought had to go into his name. He, you know, you literally just take <laughs> his first his first name and add Ovich to it, and you get his last name. So. Uh, but anyway, uh, Bogdan is the fourth first-round rookie um, that – uh, that the Kings have. So the Kings have De'Aaron Fox, Justin Jackson, Harry Giles, and then the fourth first-round guy is Bogdan Bogdanovich. So he, of that group, is the guy um, that is a potential Dark Horse Rookie of the Year candidate. Um, he was a Euro draft and stash player um, from way back in 2014. Now he's on the Kings. They signed him to the richest rookie deal in NBA history, three years and $27 million. Your guy, Vlade, thinks that he was the best European player in 2016, or the best player in Europe in 2016. Um, he's 6'6". He's a, he's a sniper. Uh, what, do you, what do you think about uh, Bogdan and his chances, Dark Horse Rookie of the Year? I love Bogdan. He needs to start from day one because we don't have anybody else. Uh, to play that position. Um, he had 22-5 and five against um, against Fellini in the Eurobasket Championship, so he looked really good out there against Dominic and Dragic. Um, by five, I mean he had five assists, not rebounds. Um, he's not much for defense. He's like a typical European guy. Uh, lacks a little bit laterally, but he's a little more explosive than you would think uh, once you watch him play. But he's got a nice stroke. He's got a lot of range. Um, he fits in with – I think he's a good fit with Fox because Fox is, is good at getting other people looks because he's so quick off the dribble that um, you've, you've got to help or he's going to get to that little floater that we've seen him do 100 times in college. So he's going to be in a position to to get easy and open looks, especially with, like I said, with Fox, also with George Hill. He's been playing with a couple of veterans. He's the most experienced out of all these rookie guys. He's been playing in the European League for 10 years or whatever it is since he, before he came over here. So. Um, I like him on paper. I like him because he plays for the Kings. I like him because he's foreign, and um, I like him because his name is the same. He has the same name twice. It's pretty cool. Um, I might change my name to Wells Wells Onovic if he wins Rookie of the Year. I don't know. We'll see. You can't trust a guy with two first names. Just remember that. <laughs> In our college corner this week, Rev, we're going to lead off here with, of course, our boy Mitchell Robinson. Switchell Robinson. Switch, Mitch. 
has decided yet again to leave Bowling Green, the campus of Western Kentucky. He is not going to play college ball this year until he plays college ball this year. Instead, <laughs> he's going to train. <laughs> Instead, he's going to work out with a trainer for the NBA draft in June. And he left the WKU campus more than a week ago. I'm a little disappointed. We didn't know about this already from sources, but that's okay. We'll 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 forgive him for that. Uh, source sources say he's home, been at home in New Orleans for more than a week with no intention of returning to school. He confirmed the news to Scout.com late Sunday night, saying he has decided to leave Western Kentucky to just focus on next year focus on next year's NBA draft. He is considered a top ten player in this year's class, uh, considered a lottery pick in the NBA draft. Uh, however. Jeff Goodman got another quote from an NBA one high-ranking NBA executive, and they told him regarding Switchell Robinson that he is a huge red flag, and I'm not even sure that he's good, um, or that he's that. Yeah, or I'm sorry, I'm not sure he's even that good. So, um, you know, love you, Mitch. R.I.P. Uh, hope hope that all works out for you. What do you think about Switchell Robinson? I get to pull out my uh, my ditch Mitch shirt again. That's pretty exciting. I haven't worn that thing in years. Um, why did we never Why did we never call it Blowing Green when we were in college? <laughs> blowing Green. I don't that's know. That's a good. <laughs> yeah, I uh, like it. <laughs> also, hey, uh, I'm I'm really disappointed that we don't have anything that we that we. Uh, that we took a guess on and got right this week. I said Mitch was going to make it to Christmas and then leave at the break. And boy, could I, was I way off. Um, you were way off. <laughs> what, are you, we got, what, what are you doing, Mitch? We got something else wrong, too. I don't remember what it was now, but I saw it the other day. It made me laugh. Um, I got to <clears> say that um, I'm not surprised. Neither are you. Neither are any of us. Um, anybody who follows no. us, it's not surprising. Um, the, the actual the college corner actually has me fired up today. Um, so so let me get this straight. So you're going to prepare for the NBA draft by not playing the sport in an organized fashion. That makes a lot of fucking sense, buddy. <laughs> I don't it understand. all adds up. It makes perfect sense. Yeah, perfect like sense. Sense. you can you'll do you'll do better practicing at a high school gym by shooting threes, you know, 153s a day than you will by playing college games. Yeah. I don't understand. Um, I mean, he's only good in high school because he's just physically bigger and stronger and faster than everybody. And then he gets to college, and you get to see him with people that are more similar to his size. Yeah, let's skip that opportunity. I mean, who is in his ear talking? Like, why Why are people so stupid that they can't differentiate people that are, you know, just blabbing for their own interests, and you can't, you can't do the math? You can't look at... You can't look at your situation and think, oh, I'd be better off by going to college. Like, if Jeff Goodman is getting scouts to tell you, hey, this is a red flag, he needs to go to college, I don't know if he's any better, and you can't figure that out, so you're going to go to New Orleans and eat beignets and, I don't know, drink hurricanes or something like that? Like, I don't understand. Like, <laughs> I don't get it. What are they going to say when he gets drafted? What college is he going to be from? He's going to be the guy on Tuca that's from none. Good. Mitchell Robinson from none. Um, he's he's getting know, a two-way deal. <laughs> I'm a, I, here. Here's my next bold prediction. Which this was. This is a long. This is a long payoff. This is a. This was slow burn. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna go out on a limb. I'm gonna say Mitchell falls out of the first round. Uh, somebody drafts him in the second. Spends. Has to spend his first year in the G League. After he spends his first year in the G League, he may not even play in the league. He may have to go play overseas because he's a head case. Clearly. Clearly. Over or under? Go ahead. Over or under, he has more or less career points than Jeremy Tyler. (laughs) How many does Jeremy have? Do you know? I don't know. Like, Fucking eighty-two. <laughs> oh man, that's tough. I'll say over. I don't want to, but I will. 
Man. It's unbelievable. So our next top Oh, it is. Uh, our next topic here in the college corner. Rick Patino schedules a pro day for his Louisville basketball team. Uh it's scheduled for October the seventh. And Rick's plan is to have double sessions that day. Uh NBA scouts will be able to see two types of practices. They'll go from ten AM to noon. Uh, let the guys take lunch and uh, pro- hopefully go to class since they're student athletes. And First then they're going to bring them back in <clears throat> that too. Uh, they can have a buffet of strippers. And then they're going to bring them back after that for another workout from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Rick said that it's going to be an extremely athletic practice so they can gauge their one-on-one shooting abilities and there will be a lot of scrimmage-type situations as well as drills. Rick believes that he has... Five potential legitimate. So which is it? Is it five potential yeah, it or five legitimate? Sense. NBA first round prospects on my team. They're young. They're young. Five to six. What does that mean? And I want them to have <laughs> the pressure of being. <laughs> they're five or six years old. Jesus. And I want them to have the pressure of being seen by a bunch of pro scouts at once, and see how they perform under that microscope. So pretty cool, Rick. Keep uh, stealing ideas from Cal. Uh, hopefully Cal doesn't steal any from you because we're not trying to take this shit down in flames, if you know what I mean. But uh, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on what are your thoughts on Richard <clears throat> Senior uh, scheduling a pro day for for his boys? I think he's full of shit. So, like you said, um, is it legitimate or potential? Those are two different words. They mean two different things. You can't. You're contradicting yourself. Um, and then he says it's a real athletic practice so they can gauge their one-on-one shooting abilities. Uh, athleticism has nothing to do with shooting. Like, my grandpa can make free throws if I sit down and taught him how to make free throws, and he, can, he can't. <laughs> He's not as athletic as LeBron. Like, this has nothing to do with athleticism. It has to do with form and technique. Like, I don't understand what he's trying to say there, but five or six pros. You know who I've heard of on this team? I've heard of Dean Adele because I keep relating him to Adele, the singer. I've heard of DJ King because, mm-hmm. again, in the long lineage of five-star kids, they don't do shit for Louisville. And I remember Anas mm-hmm. Muhammad because I thought he was a terrorist. So th- those are the three guys I know. And like, yeah, the only again, guy – go ahead. Being a cult, being a cult will make a roster. Being a cult, who am I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's two weeks in a row. Being a cult. Yep. Well, pretty yep. sure this is Ding Adele, and you're referring to Ting a cult. But Whatever. continue. They're both probably 37. Um, that guy, he'll make a roster. <laughs> He's decent. Whatever, he'll make a roster. Ray Spalding has, like, the physical attributes to be a professional basketball player. But, um, I just, again, I just don't see it happening. None of these guys are Donovan Mitchell. He's not walking through that door. And what, what microscope is he talking about? <clears throat> Performing, being seen by a bunch of pro scouts. Like, that environment's not replicated in any game that you play in, ever. Like, you're really replicating mm-hmm. the combine environment, which doesn't affect your team. That's happening after your season's over. So, I mean... Yes. Yeah, I don't think this prepares you for anything. This is just a recruiting tool that he's using that other teams are doing. The coach count did first, but we've seen it pop up in other schools. I mean, it shouldn't bother me as much as it does. It just annoys me because it's Rick know, and he probably – I mean, it's pro day. I don't know. I'm surprised he's committed to anything longer than 15 seconds. I'm going to tell you, I think that one dude on this whole list – that he claims are legitimate first-round prospects as a first-round prospect, and that's Ding Adele. Ray Spalding, Anas Mahmood, VJ King. I don't even know I don't even know what a Brian Bowen or a Malik Williams is. I guess those guys are freshmen. Like, I, I, I guarantee you know those – well, I won't guarantee. Yeah, I will. I'll guarantee you know those guys <laughs> get drafted in the first round. Uh, Ding Bowden. Adele will be the only guy that – Yeah. Go ahead. Brian Bowden used to play for the Spurs. He played for Pop. <laughs> there you go. That's Bruce, but Brian Brian was uh, there too. Um, one other thought I had about this, if I can remember. Um, oh, I, I would 
<clears throat> I'm going to guarantee you something else too. I'm going to take. I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb, and I'm going to say that whenever it comes out, when they talk, when they say how many ever scouts came to Louisville's pro day, it's going to be less than 20 scouts. Okay, less than, or, let, let me re, let, let me rephrase that. Number of teams represented at the Louisville pro day will be less go. than 20. Okay. So there may be 40 scouts from less than 20 teams. So I'm going to That's say fair. that there will be less than 20, yeah, less than 20 teams represented of uh, from the NBA at Louisville's Pro Day. So I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that as well, um, because you you're telling me an Osmood VJ King bullshit. They they don't want to come see those guys. They can watch the they can watch the damn tape. Yeah, an Osmood is going to play for Team Egypt in the Afro Championship next year. The direct specs. Can we talk about Patino and the Lamar Jackson jersey? Oh yes, yeah, we absolutely can. Um, so apparently, Rick, from the time he was born to to now, has forgotten how to flex. Um, so <laughs> not not only that, I mean, even if you got nothing to show for it, man, at least you know, put on it, you know, do something like make it make yeah. a good showing. But. Uh, yeah, put on Lamar's jersey. Um, don't know what he was trying to prove. His he looked like a bobblehead. I mean, his head didn't look proportionate to his body. <laughs> Fucking huge. His, 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 his head did not look proportionate to his body. I don't know what he was trying to prove. I mean, you know, I, I know that's what they do when they go to game day. They get the basketball coach and you know whatever. But man, Rick uh, Rick looked like a fool. Can you, can you mention Cal putting on a, St- a Stephen Jack- uh, Jackson? God damn it, a Stephen Johnson jersey. Uh, <laughs> he Stack Jacks the quarterback for the Cats. Whoa! Yeah, he's talking a lot of shit back there. Uh, yeah. So Rick, first of all, Rick, Rick, get in the sun, buddy. You like the crib keeper. You gotta do something about that. I know you don't <laughs> want to get skin cancer, but do something. Like I don't understand, man. Um, this big his head is get huge. Get a spray tan, Rick. Yeah, his head looks like he's been doing HGH. Like Barry Bonds' head used to be that big. <laughs> it did not look normal. It did not look natural at all. Yeah, well, then it's okay. I guess Clemson cock, cock stomped him, so it didn't matter. <laughs> they sure. Let's wrap this week up with our players of the week, Rav. I'll lead us off again this week. So, my guy this week. I'm going with Rudy Gobert, mm. the French rejection, the Stifle Tower. <laughs> Rudy, <laughs> Rudy is a professional basketball player for the Utah Jazz of the National Basketball Association. Rudy is a French national. He has he is seven feet one inches tall, with a wingspan of seven feet and nine inches. Uh, Rudy. Is the uh, I'm sorry, I'm trying to find his wingspan numbers. Rudy was the NBA blocks leader in the 2016-17 season, and he was also named an All NBA team member in that season as well. Uh, Rudy just got paid. Uh, I think he got mm-hmm. a four-year, 102, four-year, 102 million dollar ex- uh, extension from the Jazz. Uh, well deserved. He's, you know, arguably the best defensive center in the league. Uh, you can make the case. Mm-hmm. Um, so Gobert declared for the 2013 NBA draft where he was taken 27th by the Denver Nuggets uh, and then was later traded on draft night to the Jazz. He wears number 27 in uh, honor of his pick in the draft. Uh, at the NBA draft combine, I love this about Rudy, he had he made records for wingspan, which at the time was seven feet eight and a half inches, and standing reach, which was nine nine feet and seven inches standing reach. Um, and those those dimensions are how he got the nickname the Stifle Tower. Um, his record for wingspan was broken a year later by Walter Tavares, um, who I don't know if he still plays for the Hawks now or I don't know if he still plays for the Hawks now or not. But those are a couple of really tall guys. Um, so Gobert, Gobert, uh, he, you know, he's a, he's a double, double machine. You know, he's a guy, he's a guy that's, you know, he, he's a 15 and, 
15 kind of guy. Sometimes he'll he's a 12-point, 20-rebound guy, but he gets a ton of rebounds. He blocks a lot of shots. Um, he had a case for Defensive Player of the Year last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I, said, like I said, he just got paid. I, I really enjoy uh, his game just because he's huge and he he's, he's such a good rim protector. He blocks all kinds of shots, and he does things that don't seem humanly possible. There's highlights out there, and I'll find some. There's highlights out there of him, like, turning. Like, you think he's going to do a hook shot, but then he turns around, and he just dunks the ball. And he's, like, in the middle of the paint, and his wingspan is so long. He just – it's amazing. Um, so I, I love uh, I love that about him. I love the things that he's – that he can do that don't seem humanly possible. Um and uh, I also love his nicknames, the Stifle Tower and the French Rejection. Um, and I think he's one of the league's best uh, young big men. And, and like I said, you can make the case that he's arguably the best defensive center in the league. So uh, that's my guy this week, Rudy Gobert, uh, Utah Jazz Center. What do you got this week? Um, I heard uh, I heard a podcast with Richard Jefferson, Bill Simmons interview on him. And he's talking about Rudy. Rudy is a rookie bouncing back and forth from the D League and how uh how he just thought he was like just had no doubt in his mind he's gonna be like an all star. This was like like he basically had already set himself up to be successful if he believed in himself so much. But it's crazy that that guy hasn't been an all star yet. I mean Yes. I know. He's so good defensively, he's good offensively. Like what more do you want? Um it'll be interesting this year now that Hayward's gone, I think he's gonna have to score more, so I think it'll might be a year for him to blow up. I called dibs on him in fantasy. Might be. <laughs> we'll see about that. <clears throat> All right. So my guy, it's going to be very difficult to give you to give you clues without uh, giving it away. So I'm going to try my best. Um, you say that every week, and you always do it. I know. Um, he is, as a junior, <clears throat> he led the ACC in blocks. Okay. Um, that year, he was also before the AC. You, hang on, hang on. Before you, mm-hmm. before you continue, do you tell, tell me, do you love him or do you hate him? Oh yeah, sorry, I love this guy. Okay. On a All right, continue. Junior, okay, junior year led the ACC in blocks. He was also the defensive player of the year that season. Okay. He is Long now on year. his. <laughs> no, he's. <laughs> Good pull. He's now on his fourth NBA team. Mm. Okay. Did I say I stumped you? Junior year, led the ACC in blocks, was the ACC Defensive Player of the Year that year? Yep. Second round draft pick. Okay. Second round draft pick. Fourth NBA team. Starting to click. I can feel it coming. Man, I'm gonna be so mad if I if you tell me, because I, I know it's on the tip of my tongue. If I give you the college, you'll know immediately who it is. So I can't give you the college. Uh, yeah, I would ask you to give me the coach, but I'm worried it's the same coach. It's been there forever, maybe. Um, um can you can you see. give me what year he was defensive player of the year, or would that give it away too? Uh, twenty twenty fourteen. I get twenty fourteen. Yep. ACC Defensive Player of the Year. He had a gold badge on 2K last year. Hmm. Man, you may have finally stumped me. Who do you got? Who is it? I can give you one more clue. You want one more clue? Yeah, one more. Um... He went to the same college as a guy he was teammates with last season. Teammates in the but, NBA last season with this guy. Yeah, but they didn't go to that college at the same time, though. Oh, ACC. Who in the hell do you like from the ACC? <laughs> Great. <laughs> Almost when they keep giving you more clues, you don't get it. I'm going to be so mad. You got another one? Uh, 
Uh, <laughs> without giving it away, it might even be a that Wikipedia difficult. page. Um, what will not give this away? Um, big guy. You said big guy. No, I didn't say that. You're assuming. Oh, you no. Okay, well, that's why in my head. Yeah. Yeah, I can't really tell you anything else that won't give it away. He has a brother named Dylan. That'll help you out. Man, God, this is making me so mad. Dylan. Dylan, you son of a bitch. Uh, who is it? Uh, my boy, KJ McDaniels. Oh, my God. I, I, he was Defensive Player of the Year in the ACC? Yes, sir. Uh, wow. Yeah, so, yeah, him and Trevor Booker played together on Trevor the Booker. last year. Yeah, yep. so anyway, so following the tradition of dudes that we love on 2K, uh, here's KJ McDaniel. So mm-hmm. um, he's a three-star recruit coming out of high school. He was the number 35 small forward in the 2011 class, which is funny because he's like the only one in the league still. Um, but anyway, um, he had a huge jump in his production. So he really didn't do much as a freshman. He averaged four points and a rebound. And then by his junior year, he's averaged 17.7 rebounds and almost three blocks. Um, he led the conference in blocks as a junior, was second as a sophomore. So ridiculous. Um, but yeah, he was yeah. a second round pick. Um, I think he was like the first or second pick of the second round in 2014. Um, anyway, he played for the Sixers that year where he played like 50 games. And the highlights from that year, and I'll tweet them out. He usually got traded like with 10 games ago to the, or on the traded line, he got traded to Houston. But there's highlights of him, like, just throwing people out of bounds off. And um, the knock on him has been his shooting. He has, he's been a terrible shooter. So his rookie year, he shot um, under 40% from the field. He shot 29% from three. And his three-point percentage really hasn't gotten better since then. But his uh, field percentage has jumped to um, 45%. So when you give him minutes, he's – He's a decent offensive option. He's better than Tony Allen, but he's really good defensively. Uh, and as you know, in the league, if you can play defense, you can carve out a little niche for yourself. Um, I'm not saying it'll be Tony Allen, but um, he reminds me of um, he he reminds me of like I don't know how to explain it. He's six six. He's like a tiny. It's like a tiny Sean Kemp. He's so explosive. Like if he was six foot ten. He would be like an all-star. He'd be huge. He would just dunk on people, yeah. and he yeah, he all the rebounds. But since he's six foot six, he's kind of stuck in this weird spot. And you know, in the league, if you can't knock down shots, um, you're you really at that point you're an eleventh or twelfth or thirteenth man, and that's really what he is right now. But on two K, man, on two K, you're just putting dudes in body bags with him. You're throwing people out of bounds. He's fantastic, and he's super cheap. So if you're looking for a, a GM pickup, there you go. Um, he signed a deal with the Raptors. For this season, so um, it's not a two-way deal. It's, he's on the roster. Um, you know, he played played for Houston and Brooklyn last year. He played in them 49 games. Um, didn't play a whole lot for either team, um, but um, I love the guy. He's a lot of fun to watch when he gets in the game. Uh, I don't know what he needs. If he could shoot a little bit better, I keep saying thinking you know, somebody gave him a chance, he can make a real impact. But he, his shot just isn't consistent enough. Uh, really to play him a lot of minutes. It's weird. It's like if he could shoot like James Young, he'd be like uh, he'd be James Young. probably like a sixth man. Yeah, or if James Young could play defense like him, he would be like a quality role player. But you know, we always talk about if you could put two players together, you'd have you know, you'd have LeBron every time, mm-hmm. I guess. But um, anyway, love the guy on two K. I probably trade for him tonight. Um, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm really happy really with something. He did finally. It only it only took KJ McDaniel's. Um, the really interesting thing that is fascinating about him is that he averaged two blocks or more than two blocks or whatever in college, and the guy's six feet six inches tall. Like, oh yeah, that's pretty crazy. That's nuts. So, uh, I like to pick this week, and I did enjoy him on on the two K last year. Um. I think that uh, I think that puts a bow on episode six for us, Rav. 
do uh, do you want to leave them with our social media information and then we'll get out of here yeah follow us on twitter um, at side to side pod that's the number two um we put up some videos of our players of the week like normal, sweeten out some uh, goofy pictures. Maybe I'll respond snarkily to some people like I've done in the past. Uh, we won't make the same mistake that KD made today and tweet at somebody under our real account. We meant to use our fake account probably. Um, we are in the closing design phase of our of our logo, so hopefully we'll have that this week. Um, so far, every version I've seen of it has been hilarious, so I can't wait to see what the finished product looks like. Um, Please download and subscribe on, uh, on um, Apple and Google Play. Um, you don't even have to listen. If you just download it, it counts as a play. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> just download it, people. <laughs> just download it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for listening.